Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning, world. That's right. It's yours truly, Jeff Whitebear Kingsbury, here for another episode of Strange Recon Podcast. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Let me get the YouTube all fired up. Let me crank that engine. Here we go. I'm going to fire it up. Ready? <coughs> We're getting it going. Give it a second audio side. It's just you. It's just you and I together here now. We're waiting for it to go. It is getting summery, I think. Looked nice out today. Got some awesome experiences last night we're going to talk about. And again, in a couple articles. Hold on, one, there we go, three, two, one. Alright folks, welcome to another episode of Strange Recon Podcast. Yours truly here, audio listeners, you already heard me, we've already been going for a minute here. This is Jeff Whitebear Kingsbury, this is Strange Recon Podcast, a show about ufology and the paranormal and all the weird topics that seem to be fixed to it. Should I stretch out the intro a little bit longer since... uh, no one's with us right now. <laughs> All right, hold on a second. Let's look into something here. Guys, gals, people out there of the world, hybrids, guess what? Had another weird experience yesterday, and on top of that, I had a pretty cool animal encounter later in the night. Good morning, Rob. Everyone in the audio chat, I say everyone, it appears to be two people. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Let's let this thing build up a second before we get it going. Uh, Anyone else wake up and look at the world and feel nothing? Is my feelings going to come back at some point? Has COVID, has the COVID experience completely numbed me to the world to the point where I actually prefer staying in the house? 
we'll find out this summer when I'm back on the water and, and in the woods and doing things around the world, exploring again the way us humans should. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I need help. Who wants to fly to America or come to come to Michigan and help me with the boat? Do some work on it. I buy you some beer. I take you out for breakfast. I hope everyone I hope everyone's well out, well out there. I, it is 4-2-22. It is 8.30 in the a.m. for me on the East Coast here in the Bridgewater Triangle. And guess what? I don't know if it's the location, but the it's been ramped up, folks. Whatever happened? Was it me going into the swamp that charged it up? Is it my new friend that I'm hanging out with who told me that story about this weird thing in the road that popped up in front of her and her friend? And she doesn't really notice the paranormal experiences that are happening in her life. And then just being around each other, it's happening. I don't know. All I know is that it's obvious that um, that this place uh, keeps giving and giving. I think this is the real place that should be studied. Though I don't want like this huge you know, incursion in some sort of, you know, wep- people trying to weaponize, you know, whatever makes up these the phenomena. But I tell you what... Um, it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty interesting couple of weeks after going after into the swamp. Good morning, Wes. Everyone out there in the video side, in the audio side, thank you very much. Is it time to start the show? I don't know. Should I get it going? Um, <clears throat> here's a little, here's a little hint of something happening last night. I was, I went on the porch last night to have a smoke, and I'm sitting there. I don't smoke tobacco, just so you folks know. And I'm sitting there, and uh, suddenly I see this. Right from where I saw, you know, it's, that's the craziest part too, is I, I don't want to make anything, it's not paranormal in any sense, it's just that I saw an animal, that's it, no paranormal activity happening here, except for the fact that it came right from the place that I just saw that that weird stuff a week earlier in St. Pat, or is it, it's been over a week, I saw it on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, anyways, but, uh, oh, across the road crosses this beautiful, super long, it was like from the middle of the road to, to the edge of the road, um, from tail to head. And, um, comes this beautiful, long, skinny fox. And this is in the UK. We have a ton of fox around here, but they're not just walking around the street like freaking, like we, like squirrels for us. We have squirrels everywhere in the United States. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, th- th- this thing just walked across the street, beautiful, long, white fox. And it had something in its mouth and it didn't even see me. It got all the way into the yard, right up to the porch, and looked up at me, and I was like, hey, boy. I don't know if it was a boy or not. I just said that, and it went, whoa, and, like, saw me, and that thing was, I cannot believe how fast a fox can move. It, it is ridiculous. I don't see a lot of, you don't see foxes very much, but uh, I don't, at least. I know people in the UK see, see quite a bit. I had a friend one time that used to be able to take pictures of, like, crowds of foxes on his walk to work every day. Like, he'd be walking down the street, and there'd be foxes in the alleys, and foxes over here. I don't know where he lived, I forget, but... Um, anyways, it was just beautiful. I Google it. There are no white foxes that live in Massachusetts. That's what it says. No, no. And I'm thinking, oh, did I just have some sort of crazy, super real looking experience? I, of course, someone on their ring camera actually has a picture in Franklin, Massachusetts, not super far away, but far enough. There wouldn't obviously be the same Fox unless it was, I mean, actually if it could run that speed all day, for God's sakes, it would be here. In a, it would be here. It's like a, the speed of a car. But um, here in this picture here, sorry the audio listeners, I'm doing it to you again. I'm going to share a quick picture because uh, people think that uh, that it's all bullcrap. But here, boom, look at this white fox they found in Franklin, Massachusetts. Sitting on someone's porch. Look at that gorgeous thing. 
But I, I, you know, as soon as I said it, I had people being like, I don't, there's no white foxes living here in Massachusetts. Boom. Right there. Only about, by car drive, about 30 minutes away, 35 minutes away. Um, and this thing runs like the wind, by the way. I don't know if, uh, if you've ever seen a, a fox run, but it was un- insane. First off, it ran and jumped through a horse fence, like an old wooden fence with like five, it jumped through it at full speed, right in the middle. Boom! Like, just put up its things with something in its mouth, just went running. So I guess I know it killed the chicken the other night. I guess I know it ripped the chicken's heads off. Uh, Which is pretty crazy, because in my dream, I was like a weird wolf thing. Maybe I was a fox. To me, it looked like I was a wolf. I don't know. I I saw my wolf wife waiting for my chicken, and she made like a weird dogo face when I... (laughs) It was a crazy dream. Woke up in the morning, found a dead chicken. Thought, what the hell was that? I had to dream. I never dream. I had a dream about a dead chicken. Now today, I see the culprit. A white fox living on the farm. Which can now finally end a paranormal experience I had years ago that brought all the neighbors out when it happened. They all came out to listen what the F was going on. We're out there working with the horses late at night. I, this isn't, this is my mother's boyfriend's farm. You know, this isn't a, this isn't our property. We, our, our horse uh, pasture was over on the other side of Taunton, Massachusetts. This isn't, I'm not in Taunton. Anyways, but <clears throat> I'm working with the horses and, um, and in the middle of, it's like late at night, it's getting dark and we can barely see now. So it's going to call it quits. And all of a sudden we hear like this, the craziest noise I can ever explain a mix between a hoot, like a hoo, like a, like, and then a holler. It went, it was like loud, like, ah, and then it came down to be like, woo, 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 woo. like it was the craziest. The neighbors came off their porch. We all walked around looking for what it was. And then right in front of us, this thing with two huge, bright, shining eyes, forward-facing eyes, Hunter, um, jumped clear over the tallest fence we had from a low ground to a high ground position. And then it landed like six, seven feet, eight feet away on the other side of that fence. And for the life of us, we all thought for years that we just went into some crazy thing. Boom. Problem solved. Huge mother effing white fox. Finally. It's only been like six years. It was the weirdest thing because the thing stood upright looking at us for a second. I think it literally turned to look to jump over the fence, saw us, and kind of did like a double take hop. So we saw it in the middle and we just saw these eyes like eye level with us. And we were like, what the fuck? What was that? Because we didn't, we didn't see it the whole time because it's silent. A fox is silent, you know? It's just crazy. Ah, anyways, pretty cool, pretty cool experience. But then, of course, we, we did see a UFO yesterday. Uh, we looked on flight. Tra- I looked at flight track radar. Saw nothing. Aircraft all around. While we saw it, we would constantly look over and be like, we, "Why can we see the running lights and the nav lights of this thing, and the strobes of these things that are super far away in clouds in all directions?" But this thing whipping across the sky. This this single weird. Like it just looked like the headlights of a plane coming at you. And it just went whoosh, across the sky, right through the clouds, right in front of us. And we were just like. Are we going to see some nav lights? Are we going to see it come out of the cloud? Are we going to see what the hell's going on here? We just sat there waiting and waiting. And it, and it did come right after we did like a fake little C5 thing. I'm not trying to make fun of C5. I just don't, I just simply cannot do it. So what I do is I do my version, White Bear's version. I go out there and I go like this. Show yourself or I'm out of here. <laughs> and it showed itself. But the craziest part is that every time I'm around this woman, something happens. Even she noticed it the first time. And this is the same woman that reported there's a, there was a TikTok video that went kind of viral of a lady who said, like, I'm driving. It wasn't even her. It was the woman she was with. We were driving down the road. And uh, out of nowhere, this 
black oval, not a shadow, like flat on the ground, upright, blocking the road ahead, came up from the road. And they described it as looking like some sort of like black portal or something. And then right before their car hit it, it went down the road like that and disappeared. And they screamed and like were dumbfounded. One person and forgot about it entirely. Never thought about it again. Even though, you know, this is the daytime in Massachusetts. Even though that's, uh, that's uh, you know, it's <laughs> clearly something you wouldn't forget if you saw that. If you saw something that was indistinguishable from a hard surface material thing show up and block the road in front of you. And you panic like, oh! And then all of a sudden... It just goes down and you just drive right through and you're normal again. I say they went... <laughs> no, I don't say. I don't know what I'm talking about. But they're probably in a new dimension right now. They're not even supposed to be here. They were living in the other one and they came to this one. Oh, you don't know. I have too much time to explain it to you. The evidence is somber. Um, you know, I mean, if, if you only saw the 23-minute video of what I'm talking about, you would just be blown away. Uh, it's, been, it's, def it's basically proof of what I'm saying is real. Believe me. Believe me, folks. Ah, boy, oh boy. I have no evidence to back up my thing. First thing I did was reach for a phone that wasn't in my pocket. And for the Fox, too. Anyways, let's get the show going. Sorry with the sarcasm. I apologize already. Um, <laughs> let's, get our, let's get it happening here. Welcome to Strange Recon. I am here to discuss the so-called flying saucers. Out of your mind. It is nothing more than a weather observation balloon. Of course, which we, we both knew differently. No, I saw that. I don't give a goddamn what anybody else says about it. I saw that on film. Phil Clasp, kissed my ass. He wasn't there. I was. When you know all the names in every language of that bird, you know nothing but absolutely nothing about the bird. You're crazy. You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy. Your head around. Anyways, that's not bounce your head around. What does that mean? Um no, I just I, I think I I think that's the only thing that I did well on the show. <laughs> uh, remember last year or two and a half years ago when uh, scientists were openly talking about self-replicating robots that they had created these strange types of these little clumps that have these hair-like things that propel them around and this little uh, whatever you know solution they put down and and they could self-replicate, they could consume and self-replicate. It was like a video game. You ever played that? I don't know what the video game is, but there's a mobile game that uh, that you can like kind of go around and eat other beings and get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you got to try to avoid the biggest ones and things like that. I don't know how. Uh, anyways, but it, it was kind of like that. They're called, uh, I think they're called Xenobots. If I, I think so. The Xenobots repel themselves by using tiny little structure-like hairs known as cilia, um, and they have a tendency to spin in a corkscrew fashion came up on their own, turns out to be a pretty good method for replicating piles of things into yourself, such as other cells rolling around in a spiral motion to keep collecting, kind of like a planet originally formed, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, <clears throat> the thing we kind of breezed over about this is, is that once again, something from sci-fi, something from, uh, you know, uh, legend and things like that was replicated in a lab and 
you know, that's a pretty scary concept when you consider the fact of what that might mean in terms for the life out there or, or life that we're going to create that could potentially turn on us in a certain, a certain way. And, and I don't mean turn on us in a way like literally it's going to break out of the lab and, and, and eat us up. But, um, but essentially there is another method for human beings to, to dehumanize themselves in a way that they could force, uh, other organisms to do things for them and create things in another way and, and just set back. Sorry, as soon as I started talking, I recognized that there is an actual video that says free, fair to use. Should I, I think I should play it then on the channel. I hope it's fair to use. I don't know how YouTube works because honestly, honest God, I've been screwed so many times with that. I don't like that. Let's see. Do you get, well, here's a video of it. I'm not going to play the sound in hopes that I don't lose my channel because apparently that's a real thing around here. <clears throat> All right, here's the video of the self-replicating robots. Watch the... Uh, if you don't get this sick kind of feeling watching this... Hold on a second. What's the Stephen King novel uh, with uh, the Langdeliers? Is that it? The Langdeliers? But uh, when, you know... When humans start to X out so many parts of their lives to robotic life and to, uh, to systems in, in place to make their lives more comfortable, they tend not to recognize the dangers and, and what's going to happen if, like, if you rely on those systems too much. And, uh, and that's how life becomes. And you've... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You create these things. I mean, they literally are organisms that potentially could lead to a very intelligent way for robots to do shit like that's in that stupid Battlefield movie. The only part, uh, Battleship movie, the only part about that movie that I liked was the visuals and the and the, uh, and the idea of these um, kind of like uh, destroy everything in your path, uh, adjust your path um, robots. But they're out there and they're real. We're going to get into why I'm just kind of, trying to stretch out the beginning of the show because there are actual swarm robotics happening right now where they've decided that the best method to fix things or the best method to uh, to destroy something is just to send these kamikaze swarm robots out there and they're already starting to implement them in assets in ukraine and russia and uh, we're seeing the birth of it and how are they linked to self-replicating robots 
Well, you don't want to have to keep launching them. You don't want to put your assets in the air to launch these things out. They're trying to figure out ways, in essence, to literally make devices that they, they, they make the decisions. They do all this shit on their own. It's, it's, it's beyond insane. The premise of this show is weak, but I'm going to show you through uh, a couple articles here and a couple videos. I'm just letting this go to make sure there's nothing in here that's going to get the channel. I don't really understand how fair use works on YouTube because quite literally every time I play something that's not mine, I get like a strike or something. I get like a, a claim thing on the channel. Even though when it says fair to use, put fair to use in the thing. I say, I don't understand what, how that all works. In television, you got to get it cleared, like literally by the owner. And here, you know, if who the hell is the owner when 5,000 other channels are using it? There's no sources. In this case, it does come from a school, though. Oh, I guess I'm not going to play it. Sorry, I'm not even going to take the chance. I'll put the link in the article right here for you. Sorry. I don't even want to take the chance. I already got a couple strikes for something recently, and it was all for freaking po uh, for playing elevator music on the show, on the channel. Literally free, to, fair to use, but I didn't put credits in the thing. YouTube's whack. <laughs> all right, anyways, these self-replicating robots, uh, they're pretty nuts. But we just kind of breezed right over it in science. We literally, we talked about it for like a minute. I remember the debrief did an article, and the, a few other people did an article on it, but the discoveries... Uh, they're programmable robots that can go out there and pretty much eat up whatever you tell it to eat up. Sense the material, essentially, that you... And in this case, it's very primitive. They're only putting the material in there that it wants. But in some cases, we're talking about an option. It chooses out of the option A or B. We tell it to eat A. It eats A. It only A. And grows and replicates and only eats A. Now, what... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've seen too many episodes of The Black Mirror or something, or too many episodes of The Twilight Zone or Star Trek. But to me, I can only think of one, uh, really, a couple groups out there that would implement some sort of technology like that without us really thinking about it. Um, resource gathering. What if we decide that we are going to, we see an alien planet, there is not just oxygen, but there's all types of biosignatures there that are interesting to us tech signatures possibly as well that we're like holy cow but we're a dying species or we're we really need something so what do we do we send our xenobots instead of us and when they think they're going to meet humans these things just go out there and literally like eat up all the resources that we need and return to, to earth it, it, what a fail i mean it sounds ridiculous right oh alien invasion all that stuff but it's like it's far more um i, I doubt it would actually happen to an alien planet they're just going to be there's going to be so many planets out there that have nothing of no people on it, of course, no nothing on it, but either way, it's going to be, it's going to be wild, and these things are not uh, necessarily, like, on the head of a pin, we're talking about a fairly, you know, a couple, like a centimeter across here, uh, that, that's a pretty good start in 2021, I say we keep that in our mind by 2025, the military talks about, like, swarm, like, resource gathering robots or something that literally can return to sender, they get launched out of the bottom of an aircraft and they come back with resources. More more swarms. So who knows what the hell they do? I, I have no idea. I can't even imagine. <clears throat> this we kind of breeze right over it because it's kind of above all I most of us I'm sure. Like I, I and the and the long on the long range of things, all I like to do is put my own damn personal bias over these things, like what eventually what they're going to use these things for. Well it says right here too, part of the article is um but the concerns some scientists, uh, Nita Farahany in Duke, of, Duke, of Duke University Law and Philosophy, studies the ethics involved in new technologies was not part 
of the Xenobot study. Anytime we try to harness life, recognize its potential uh, to go really poorly. <clears throat> That's all she said. However, the researchers note that like the hypothetical Von Neumann machine, a Xenobot can't copy itself without raw materials. That's the thing, though. Who's, you know, yeah. I think if you can use your imagination with what we've been talking about with the drone tech and all this stuff, I'm sure you can use your imagination of what this might mean ultimately for for the bad guy who faces this or the enemy, quote-unquote, who, who faces a technology like this. Like, what, what if this comes, like, in an airburst bomb and it's like... <laughs> You know, these things are programmed to gather up all, bi you know, organic material in a, in a one square mile area in this village, and it just, they just go ham. I don't even know. Like, I feel like the, you know, it's not, and hey, when, when the, maybe this isn't necessarily the breakthrough either. If, if you go by what Putoff and Davis say all the time about things, for God's sakes, the, these things are, uh. These things are probably, and like, you know, I say about the infantry technology, these things are probably simply, you know, a, a side effect or a, or a revelation come on the path of, of discovery of something else. And probably 25 years ago, like literally these things, you know, are the result of, of them trying to figure out something else, like uh, some sort of other very basic uh, robot, robotic techniques with the biology field or the microbiology field or whatever they... If you guys aren't aware, one of the most assassinated scientists in the world is a biologist working on a government contract. That's a real thing. And when you start to see some of the breakthroughs they have under government, I mean, under like uh, grant competition, you know, like, oh, we need something to repair the space station much faster. You suddenly see swarm robotics come out of the woodwork, like, like all these organizations, like, we can do it. We And then you start seeing the 80s movies come to life. Have you seen... Oh, what is it? Run down or run, run? Oh my God! Uh, run. I, I can't remember what it's called, but I think it's uh, who's that guy with that awesome mustache who was in the <laughs> Tom Selleck? Uh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. I think fought little tiny swarm robots that were programmed to do the crops and programmed to fix our, sat our satellites, programmed to fix our antennas. Uh, you know, clean our houses, all that stuff. They all like kind of went crazy. And of course, that's like the basic robotic, scary plot. You know, it, it can't really get any more basic than that. You know, but um, but the fact of the matter is, when you actually see humanity switch to swarm robotics, all the way down on this micro level that you can't even see one really with your eye. I mean, barely. And uh, and and you can see the path it creates. But uh, you know, of course, all the way up to something uh, far more serious, like the the way they the way they're fixing the space station soon. They're literally run away, Doctor Gonzo, with a freaking reference. Hell yeah, man! I really hope that's it. Yes, it is. Look at that beauty of an 80s film. Wait, is this the right movie? I don't see any robots in it. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong movie. If you don't know what I'm talking about, folks, take a look at this video of you audio side. This is, um... First off, can we start making covers of movies? It is! Look at the damn thing. You're right, man. Good call. Good call, Dr. Gonzo. Yes, 
this guy right here, the, all these little robots. I remember they one of them messed his leg up. It was insane. But there were, you know, the robots went crazy. We we like to pretend that's not a possible possibility in the future. It's not that the robots go crazy. It's that, it's that, oops. Uh, it's that suddenly you start seeing um. You start seeing like uh, something go public, and then you recognize that now it's basically in the hands of anyone who has the money that wants to invest in it and sees it for their use. Uh, we we've we've seen that through. I mean, how many goddamn things in in the world? Um, and now we're we're gonna we're gonna see it with this too. We just kind of all breezed over, like, oh, that's cool, robots that can self-replicate, and we don't really have any idea of what that might mean for the future, what that might mean for go you know us actually going to other planets or doing anything like that or i mean it, to me it seems i'm kind of getting in more and more into conspiracies not the fact that i'm losing my grip on reality it's the fact that it if you find if you find the right ones it's clear that there that there's so much good information out there that supports what's actually happening and and even like major websites that you would think would give no credibility to anything like that are hosting papers calling for more peer review based on what they found anecdotally and like legitimately that's been you know told you know told to you through the media for years that you're just insane that's not real that's not a real thing that's a conspiracy you're a crazy person and sure some things seem far more conspiracy obviously they're related you know you hear them next to one another and you don't think uh they you don't think you want to be associated with it but uh you you have to take that chance not risk yourself associated ones that have far more uh bullshit supporting them than whatnot you just do your due diligence look at it and say hey let's where is this coming from where is this information who is verified this is true because a lot of these conspiracies end up being i would say in a base end up being real in, so, in a certain context and we just breeze right over them because it's just too, the news has set you up or the media has set you up and it's spread like wildfire that it's too bullcrap. No one would ever believe any of this. This is not real. And uh, quite frankly, things like Xeno, uh, Xenobots or whatever they are, X, whatever the hell they are, um, you know, 30 years past, maybe they already came up with something re relatively close to that. I don't know. But when you see a lady on, on the Lex Friedman podcast talking about swarm robotic contracts and stuff, you start recognizing, oh, they've already, they're already there. They're already supplying NASA with these ideas and decentralizing the space station. All It's like, we're, we're always that wave gap of technology. We're always 30-something years behind or 20 years behind the top, of a wave, the top of the wave. And in real life, the waves are usually like three to five seconds, sometimes really close, sometimes really far away. One, two, three. One, two, yeah that three is 30 that's like 30 years behind for god's sake we, you learn about the sr 72 71 rather and you learn about the uh, uh you know the b2 all you know it's, it's just it's like one one thing after another one revelation after another that we're this we're we are no different than our adversary we're always 30 years back let's switch it up though because i don't want to bore you to death more conspiracy talk hey are you a massachusetts resident <laughs> probably not but if you are here are 20 new hampshire and Ma oh new hampshire as well uh, places to go that are now opening back up to do uh <clears throat> they were hits on the original ghost hunter series and all those things all those uh paranormal weird shows that people did the you know psychic evaluations of all this stuff and over and over again they went to these places and had crazy experiences they made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on television with well there has to be something there if they made millions and millions of dollars right anyways here we go 20 New Hampshire, Massachusetts locations 
featured on your favorite Ghost Hunters television show. The Salem Witch House in Salem, Massachusetts. The famous Witch House in Salem, Massachusetts was featured on Ghost Adventures as part of a two-part lockdown during which the team supposedly made contact with Bridget Bishop. Bridget was the first person executed for witchcraft during the Salem Witch Trials back in 1692. Bridget hung around the pub the whole time? Wow, Bridget. Keeping the business alive. Look at that. Turner Seafood <laughs> in Salem, Massachusetts. Also featured on the two-part Ghost Hunters lockdown. It seems like all these places are just like businesses that need that need help. Like, yeah, hey, come here, have a brew, see a ghost, whatever. You got a lady on the corner. Donna, you bitch. That's every, I make this joke every time I come back to Massachusetts because it's true, but every bar I've ever gone into has a woman yelling, Donna, you bitch, from the corner. Um, also featured on this two-part Ghost Adventures lockdown, Lyceum Hall, now home to Turner Seafood. The restaurant's allegedly sits on the land where Bridget Bishop once lived. Oh, Bridget Bishop's back! Dang, Bridget Bishop, she's super famous. She can't, they can't get enough of her. Even when she's dead, they love her. Lizzie Borden House in Fall River, Massachusetts, of course. She's, uh, first off, is this her house? I've never even been there. Look at this freaking gorgeous house here. This is not crazy. Watch this, video listeners. Uh, watch this. Hang on. Look at that house. Yeah, I had a I had a teacher in high school who went there, and um, and I remember she talked about there obviously being like audio recordings like in the walls or something like that. The people that owned it at the time were like playing like where like like wolf howling and all types of stuff and like ridiculous noises in the walls because you could pay to stay there at night. Um, but anyways, uh, they um. Oop, I got Runaway still on the screen there. Sorry, <laughs> Dr. Gonzo. Sorry, everyone. I'm professional. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, let's get back to, let's get back to that. Uh, Lizzie Borden, do you remember that name? She gave her mother 40 wax, and when her father seen what she had done, she gave her father 41, I think was the old poem. I'm not sure how that went. This place is an extremely popular spot for ghost hunting and has been featured on Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, Kindred Spirits, Haunted Towns, and many other shows as well. It is the site of the America's uh, it is the site of America's greatest unsolved murder mystery. I don't know if that's true. And offers everything from house tours to ghost tours and hunts. <clears throat> yes. The John Proctor House. Maybe that was the John Proctor House that I just showed you. John Proctor was best known for speaking out against Salem witch trials and for his tragic death after being accused and convicted himself. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Generations of his family, and was featured on Kindred Spirits. I don't know what that is, but I, maybe some of you do. I know a lot of people have asked me to talk about more stuff than just the fact that uh, <laughs> people are being weirdos and UFOs. Community. Ah, <laughs> uh, what's next? What's next here? Star Island, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. You ever been there? I haven't. Star Island is part of the Islands of Shoals, which straddles the New Hampshire main border. It was featured on an episode of Ghost Hunters, during which the team explored various buildings on the island, according to the Sea Coast Online article, Investigators Hear Footsteps, See a Door Close, and Record a Voice in the Nursery. The voice says, no, I'm not, not going to do the voice of a baby. That wasn't going to be funny. Stone's Public House, Ashland, Massachusetts, another pub. Stone's Public House was featured on an episode of Ghost Hunters. According to M- MIDB, the alleged hauntings include a little girl hit by a train. How'd the train... That's not funny. It's not funny, and I don't know if it's even true, but it's according to IMDB. <laughs> the movie website? The Tavern's website also featured 1984 newspaper articles claiming the presence of several other spirits identified by psychic mediums. I just came up from Wichita. Got a station wagon, a hundred dollars. Thinking about the girl I was looking for. Wish it was a freight train, baby. Wish it was a diesel locomotive. <laughs> it went through the house. Why is her? She? Oh, she lived there. I don't know. That's. I'm sorry. With the 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 talk about subjective stuff. It's like I heard a little girl and said she was hit by a train. She lived here a long time. Jesus. It's on IMDb. Is the only reference. That's why I get weirded out by some ghost tour places. I'm like, how hard do you get a stretch to Libby's house in Libby's house in, in Gorham, New Hampshire, any New Hampshire residents you're here in these places, you should be reporting back in. Let us know if there's any ghosts doing funky stuff over there. Libby's house in was featured on kindred kindred spirits must be a huge show. I don't know what it is. It sounds like the people have British accents. So it's a British show and they came to the U S I don't know what's up. Um, yeah, they went there. They loved it. They said there's all types of weird voices they heard through EVP and other things. New Boston Inn. Sand. What is it? Sandy Field, Mass. Sandisfield? Man, Massachusetts, though, still has some of the best uh, architecture for, like, the old school houses. They haven't changed since, like, the 1700s, 1800s. This one, the, San- the Sandisfield Inn in Massachusetts is from 1737, obviously. Uh, that's not really that long after the Puritans came and uh, made friends with the 
Mohicans and the Mohawks and started up for their fuckery. Uh, Concord Colonial Inn in Concord, Massachusetts. Another one living. The living aren't the only ones who may be staying at the inn. After reading that line, Fort Constitution, Portsmouth Harbor Lights, Newcastle, New Hampshire. You know, it'd be cool if we can get some people, like, like literally. Oh, I'm like the best, you know, remote viewer that you know. I'm, I'm the best. I'm the best CE5 person. I'm, I, you know, this person's been checked. Is the best medium. This person always sees UFOs wherever they go outside. This person is extremely great at identifying prosaic answers, so we don't confuse them. This person is a philosopher. Put them all together and send them these places. Quit sending freaking crews that literally take the camera. They're like... Ghost! Oh, 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 oh! Sorry. It's ridiculous. It, they really need to... They really need to turn the camera in the way they actually... They, they're there to look for the ghost, are they not? What's with all of the ghost hunting shows that turn the camera back towards themselves and run away? Aren't you there to literally meet the ghost? Aren't you there to actually experience the phenomena that you go for? Why? Th these shows drive me crazy. And, uh, you know, when I worked in unscripted television for a little while, I could, you know, I worked at a company called True Entertainment. And True Entertainment had a couple successful um bigfoot operations and like dude the the that became an expression we need another bigfoot show and everyone be like well we don't actually need bigfoot because you never find bigfoot they kept saying that we need another bigfoot show because they were just referring to a show where you can go out there and look for something you know you'll never find now that's not necessarily saying that bigfoot's not real but that's that was a mantra so think of what they're offering you up they don't even give a shit you know they don't give a shit about what you actually find anything with these shows with like things like skin hunt for hunted skinwalker ranch or whatever the hell it's called or whatever that show is over there I, I i'm sorry it's just like i saw the i saw the show there was literally no difference between what i used to work on and what they're doing over there now like the the whole what's that and they all run off in a direction together are you effing kidding me are you kidding me are they, dude you're supposed to be this what is with the guy in the all black with the gun What is, what, what is that uniform he is wearing? What the fudge is that uniform? Could they have tried any harder? It's like baggy in wrong places. The gun's like hanging on a sling, like way low. He's got, it looks like a, no offense, my tanker friends, I love you all, but look, when a tanker carries a weapon, they carry it with a strap up in the barrel in the air like they're in World War II walking along. Nah, I'm sorry. It's probably different nowadays. I don't know how the military is. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm a dummy. But, uh, yeah, so apparently that New Hampshire and Massachusetts have endless, uh, oh, Middleborough, Massachusetts, that's right, next, like, literally not too far away, about a, I don't know, a short drive down the highway. The home was Kindred Spirits. The home is fold. <laughs> the home is fold. The home is featured on King, Kindred Spirits, um, and they make contact Okay, no, 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 no. I can't, ha I can't read this line without being ready. I can't read this line without being ready, folks. It says they make contact with an entity known as Zombie Boy. All of a I like turtles. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Jonathan's a zombie. Here you go, Jonathan. Are you a zombie? 
I like turtles. Remember that kid? Classic. He's probably an adult now. Classic. Weird. All right, I'm gonna read the last one here because, quite frankly, I don't. You know, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I um, I buy too much of this stuff. But uh, of course, Mount Washington Hotel in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, looks freaking awesome, and uh, it's featured on a ton of episodes of Ghost Hunters and all these other shows and blah blah blah. And uh, uh, pretty much room three, room three fourteen is a private suite you pay extra for to experience ghosts in. What you do is you come here. You take your money out of your pocket, you give it to me. You go up there and you look at ghosts. $100 extra for the room. What? A guest? $150. Alright, have a good night. That's my Italian, Long Island Italian guy. That's my voice. When you try to alter the situation. Alright folks, let's move it on here. Away from ghosts. Away from stupid Xenobot robots that I was just randomly jabbing around about before the show started. Oh my god, man. It's like, look at the endless Google tags for UFOs right now. Let's just click on one of them randomly to see how it goes. This is how you can tell, right? You just put UFO, UFOs, UAP. Well, UAP often comes up as a, a something Australian Prime Minister. But uh, UAPs and things like that. Um, unknown flying object, all these tags in Google, and you just create a separate email form, let it fill up, and so you can see every single day the endless examples of why UFO and UAP has no or no or less more stigma or less stigma in the mainstream world than it ever had before. I don't this entire idea that we have suddenly dropped the. It's like uh, we can you know at least you can talk about it in the open now. Can you? Because as far as I can tell and feel, you can't. The public does not give a crap or believe, or most of them associate every... It's so associated with something metaphysical that the second you bring it up, the average person will associate it with, uh, you know, something like the goddamn uh, freaking unicorn or something. Whatever, that, whatever you can come up with right now on the spot. Um, and so when you look at these uh, Google tags... Endless examples every single day. UFO expert says, UFO hunters found, UFO investigator discovers, and it's all leading to a load of effing horseshit. It's all who, who owns? Hold on a second, let's figure this out right now. I don't even know because I'm so dumb. Who owns the mirror? The Daily Mirror is a British national daily tabloids. <laughs> Found in 1903, blah, blah, blah. It's currently, Masthead was simply the mirror editor, Allison Phillips. Allison Phillips should get a new life. Um, whoever owns the mirror, the sun, all these things, all these like tabloid newspapers that quite literally are like 10 to 1, any type of credit, cred like credible media, and even then, what's credible media? They all effing lie out. They, they, it's so crazy how bad they, they deliver uh, facts to the context, and it's 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 basically it's basically a flat out lie. Like just just for a second, think about how you would feel if your loved one delivered facts to you the way uh, you know a, new, a, a major media delivers facts to you today. You said you were out. 
You didn't say you were out banging the neighbor. Sorry, that was not. I shouldn't. Okay. I apologize for, for saying that. That was a little immature and not. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an immature person. Um, yeah, but uh, moving on here real quick. Uh, they, they, they really just have. They flooded the entire world. These newspapers, by the way, do not exist on some sort of vacuum on a tiny little chunk of uh, island uh, in the Atlantic. They're all over the globe. These, these papers have everywhere there's the BBC, everywhere there's anything. They're in India. Anywhere that, that reads anything, is there. they have them there. All, there. All, the, all over the globe. Informing the people that believe, basically, because they're not necessarily having the a level of conscious conversations about what's happening in the world as you might think. And the, does that make them, you know, like, does that make them wrong in a sense? Not really, because let's be fa let's be fair. In a perfect world, you would assume that if someone was going to take the time to, to try to deliver you information. Um, that they would have some sort of integrity behind their work before advertising, before lying and, you know, whatever, and entertainment. It just, and, and that sediment, believe it or not, if you ask these people, they kind of think the same thing. Just like when they recognize that reality TV is fake after watching a show that is clearly fake for three years. I mean, that's fair. And there's nothing wrong with being one of those people that have done that. I've done that. You know, I didn't have, I wasn't some like uber amazing uh, or, or deep, high, you know, high, high up in uh, t TV person at all. I worked from a transcriber to associate producer position, and every job in between that that you can possibly think of, basically. And um, and so, like, you know, the, I got to see it firsthand. Like, I would see like people literally writing articles and stuff, being like, "I saw a mic pack fall out of this person's pants on this show." Are you telling me that that person really didn't come in there and say he was going to use Kung Fu on the pawn shop owner? Are you saying this isn't real? Are you saying this person didn't just use a sex toy as a sword and attack the security guard? Are you saying this isn't real? Like, yes, it's not real. Do you think we're going to go out there and we hope to get something? Do you think the people at Skinwalker Ranch are going to pay camera people and producers and sound people and editors and, and coordinators and managers and showrunners and all this stuff? They're going to pay them and hope they get something on camera? Hey, here's tens of thousands of dollars a day. <laughs> here's, hey, hey, here's sixty, seventy thousand dollars a day, folks. Uh, do me a favor, go out there and hope you get something good. Ah, oh, damn it, we were close. We're gonna tomorrow, tomorrow. That's not how it works. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, is there real stuff happening at Skinwalker? Probably sure. There probably really is. There's this, there's this hand signal in in live TV, and it goes like this. They go like this to the, they're behind the camera and they're going like this, right? And that signal right there literally means stretch it out, stretch it out, stretch it out. You got like three minutes left. And guess what? They're stretching out the ghost hunting. They're stretching out the UFO hunting. They're stretching out the experiences at Skinwalker Ranch. The guy is chasing things with a spectrometer in his hand. Oh, did anyone take the time to read the adverse effects uh, papers from Pfizer, by the way? Um, not, I don't want to get into the you know vaccine, anti-vaccine crowd community whatsoever. 
but uh, you can see another perfect example for modern day life that at least we got to discover it today, yesterday, sometime recently, not a hundred years down the line, that once again, the news gaslit you to death about everything. Was there a real virus? Absolutely. Did people really suffer? Absolutely. Are there effects that we are still unknown? Absolutely. But did the people that profited the most off it lie about their product? And so did the CDC and everyone else attached to it? Yes, they did. Openly. Of course, it worked a little bit, but did it work the way they said? Did it stop the spread of the virus? Did it slow the curve of the, of the, uh, of the thing? Uh, and everyone was like, yeah, the virus is almost over. Obviously, it worked. Hey, I hate to tell you, if you do your biomedical research, it turns out that almost all pandemics last two to three years, even with or with, without a vaccine. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people die, including with a va uh, uh, before vaccines and with vaccines, of course, saving millions and millions and millions of people throughout the work. Vac I mean, it, it, I'm not, no one's taking that away, but let's not for a second pretend that the media did not gaslight you to death over the facts on this thing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply all along and they li like literally had to hire new employees because they didn't have enough there were so many adverse effects coming in through the testing did it help lots and lots of people yes but what happens when you force a private company's products on someone through law and threats coercion 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 it's like the number one weapon used all the way from you know, I used to run a UFO program all the way up to gigantic th decisions like what we just went through for the last three years. Real people are suffering. Limiting medication options while pushing a private product that had so many adverse effects, they needed to revolutionize their technology because they were getting so many adverse effects. People having so many permanent effects from it. Now, when that happens, basically during any other vaccine trial, because vaccines actually work and do help the world, regardless of what anyone says, um, they, they would shut those vaccines down. But what happens when you run with it and you try to make what the NIH said true, that we have to get the world to take influenza seriously, uh, then you, you go that, that route. And it's just, I'm not talking about the truth of anything. I'm saying that did they lie to your face, pretending that their credentials made what they're saying 
a reality? And the answer was yes. Yes, yes. The, the, they had conclusive data that showed that, that this product was foolproof. And that's how it made it through. That's literally what they, what they said made it through the testing. Did this product help many people? Absolutely. Did it fuck a lot of people up? If you think that it didn't, and you say for the greater good, I don't know what to tell you, folks. If it happened to your family, you'd be pretty upset, especially if you you got your job threatened and you already had the virus, you know. And then you find out that everyone that gets vaccinated keeps spreading the virus. You'd say to yourself, "Hey, what the hell is going on?" Another example of how the news will take the context of everything they discover and gaslight you to death, making you feel absolutely insane that you've discovered something. Sooner or later, you'll quite literally be hiding away in your house, pretending that you have a 50-50 chance to live if you exit your front door. Or what do you know? They did polls and showed that actually was the case in Massachusetts. People literally were dousing themselves with uh, with uh, freaking hand sanitizer from head to toe, coming in their door, and when they would leave, they would pray to the Almighty because they had a 50-50 chance to make it home to see their wife and kids at the end of the day. Take our product because you are going to die. Congratulations. Yeah, so if, if you get a chance, try to take that. It's, it's hard to do, and it's kind of obnoxious sometimes as well to read through some of these papers. And luckily for me, you know, we have so many people on the planet now that understand they're being lied to about a lot of stuff. They actually start to just P, uh, turn these things into great PDFs, cut down... Um, right so you can see you get all the other blank pages and all that shit out of there and you can see right there in context what these things mean you know like an educate you're getting educated on what these things mean and then of course you do a little cross review is this true is this accurate you got to put it out there for the community abroad yeah it's accurate but blah 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 it's like it, that you got to really zero in where you're getting your where you're getting your help from because quite frankly people will lie to you about the conspiracy side just as easy they'll literally lie to you about you know about supporting facts just as easy about anything I've seen it all the time. We got, I got people that will send me <laughs> a show about the paranormal. Will send me endless Stanley uh, Kubrick uh, clips from that movie. What was that movie he did? Um, oh my god, so dumb. Space Odyssey. Was it Space Odyssey that I'm thinking of? The movie he did with a um. Yeah, it's Space Odyssey, I think. And uh, they they send me that and go, oh yeah, the moon is real. Look at this. You know, like, it, it happens often. Like, you can take, you know, there's just as much bad information from the from the lay side as well, claiming to be just as good. And it's, it's you know, it's it's not, you got to watch it. You got to really do your due diligence. But right, anyways, let's talk about our little main thing here right now. It's only 920. <laughs> um, let's move it on. Let's move it along here. The Eye in the Tuscan Sky. These footballtimes.co article from 2020. If you don't know this story, this is a great UFO story. Um, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I'm, it's not, I'm not super familiar with the outcome of a lot of the, the samples they had, but this is one of the cases where they took alleged material samples, and it was witnessed by many people. And, uh, yeah. So, this, uh, the Stadio Artemio. Frank, Frankie has played host to a series of memorable i don't know how to say that frenchy or whatever i don't know if any italians out there can tell me uh you know what how to say that name please reach out 
That's the boy under the airplane. That's the only thing I remember from taking an Italian class. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, this place is 89 years of history hosting World Cup finals in 1934, the Spaghetti Bowl during World War II, and David Bowie concert in the late 80s. But nothing will rival the mysterious events which took place on 27 October 1954. Halloween was still four days away when one of the most supernatural episodes in Tuscan history occurred in front of 10 thousand people watching uh fiorentina play rival pista pistosi in a friendly in a friendly that's what it's called in a friendly i don't know i'm not a super hooligan myself so i have no freaking clue about soccer um i never liked the shorts growing up uh, the home side were comfortably ahead 6-2 to two early in the second half when a disturbance in the sky commanded the attention of everyone in attendance. Everyone in attendance. The players disregarded their duties on field to peer up at commotion in the cloud. Spectators initially let out a roar before falling as silent as experienced local hunters stalking local game in the rolling hills of nearby Marima. The referee halted the match as quickly as action quickly flowed from the pitch to the Tuscan sky. An unidentified flying object had appeared, and the thousands in attendance stood frozen in astonishment, their eyes fix, uh, fixated on the disc-shaped object performing an acrobatics in the clouds above them. The extraterrestrial performance lasted almost 15 minutes, and the egg-shaped spacecraft zoomed off just as fast as it had appeared but not before emitting silver flakes of a stringy-type substance which covered the landscape, including the trees. Everyone was looking up. There was some glitter coming down from the sky. Fiorentina defender Artico Margini, uh, who made 20 appearances for, national team, for the national team, told reporters, we were astonished. We had never seen anything like that before and were absolutely shocked. There were a handful of other sightings in the region in the days at leading up to the game, but that didn't dissuade some experts from thinking those in attendance might have had too much Chianti. Yeah, because that's what happens when you drink booze. You see things. How much booze do you got to drink to see things? Where did that come from? How much booze were adults drinking in the 50s that quite literally they started to have visions? Let me tell you something about White Bear. I used to put back some liquor, alright? I have never had a, a, a vision appear in front of me uh, unless I was sober as can be. There were a handful of other sightings originally leading up to the days, blah, 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 this way, blah, blah, blah. The UFO phenomenon is nothing but a myth, magic, and superstition wrapped up in the idea that somehow aliens are either coming to save us or destroy us, astronomer James Magaha told BBC. <laughs> when I first looked at this case, I originally thought it was a fireball, because, of course, fireballs uh, do a dancing act around the sky. But it became apparent that it was actually caused by young spiders spinning very thin webs. Let them try to debunk cases like this with the stupidest shit ever like that. Let, I, there are cases where spiders fly through. Don't even get me wrong. There are. In fact, right here in the United States, there are places that, like, they wake up in the morning and their homes are quite literally encased, engulfed, 
covered with freaking disgusting little tiny spiders. Last year on my boat, it was nuts. I left the window open and slept one night. Wrong idea. My entire kitchen was stretched out. These little tiny spawning spiders that balloon and fly through the air. They're, they're tiny, literally like the smallest spider you can see with your eye. But they create these huge freaking webs that are pretty thick. And that ate them. No one's confusing these things for them. No one's seeing a giant spinning disc in the sky. And then it turns on its side and you recognize it's not a disc at all. It's actually like an egg or something. And then it does all this weird acrobatic stuff and then flies off over the horizon. No one's confusing that. Whenever I, I mean, honestly, some of these... It, I would, I would like, look at uh, my professors and say stuff to them, like, logically speaking. Like, you know, like, I remember, like, when a muamua happened, I was saying to this guy in the planetary science courses, I was like, I was like, what do you think about a muamua? And he was like, what is that? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, what's a muamua? And I said, it's, an, it's a, you know, a possible comet or, or a chunk of a planet or whatever it is, an asteroid. And he goes, he goes, I never heard of that before. And I said, first off, there's two problems. Never mind, I'm not even gonna say it. I know people paid a lot for their college degrees, and but if you're that, if you're the type of person that already likes learning, anyways, um, you are seriously pitching thousands down the toilet, taking lessons from people that would dismiss the stuff. What do you think of these examples of, uh, of of investigations, whatever? And they would say, you know, it's all nonsense, it's all fairy tales, nonsense. It's like, it's like, holy shit, guy. How are you in the position of educating the masses if you can't even use logical speculation? Zero creativity. I got to tell you too. Now, <clears throat> I am impressed by the intellect, uh, the the intellect, intellectual like titans on this planet. A lot, like big time. They impress me. Their work and focus impresses me, and their ability to kind of like relay some of this stuff. Um, and it takes a it takes a good explainer of things to do that. And I'm impressed by a lot of them. Even Neil deGrasse Tyson, who everyone hates in this field, I think he accidentally has helped this field in many ways, including his book about the connection between astrophysics and the military. How the entire field has derived from military funding. Literally. The entire field sustained itself from Captain Cook to today on military funding. Of course, there's been things that have nothing to do with the military involved with them. I'm saying its existence, he said, didn't exist. Not mine. No, I'm not saying this. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, but anyways, these people, these these major intellects, but I will say that I've talked to quite a few people that are considered to be like really bright and specific things, and I'll notice that they're fascinated by me or by someone else when it comes to something as simple as explaining how they, you know, made this mug in a kiln. And, you know, like it goes to show that that just like everyone else on the planet, even though they are the supreme intellect being asked to speculate about something that could kind of be related to their field they're so rooted in what they're stuck on today they quite literally would say oh there's no freaking way there could be rf signatures left behind in the ufo case this rf thrusters are only good in outer space because that's what we have oh that's not what an rf signature really is ultimately speaking sorry i was just trying to use rf twice <laughs> oh man um yeah but uh it's the same process over and over again of noticing that uh, that ma major intellectuals will leave commentary like that when, when asked. You know, what do you think about this UFO case where this rocket scientist, a uh, rocket engineer, had the ability to to uh, to jot down all this stuff about the you know about the aircraft? Oh shit! You are 80 years old and you work in the biology department in an undergrad program. And yet people in television or TV or newspapers are asking your opinion about UFOs. It blows my mind. 
still to this day, nothing's changed. That's why I was talking about it. I don't know if this is an... All right, let's move on to the next one here. This is a quick thing for veterans real fast. Don't don't take off. We'll get back to the weird stuff soon. Um, I don't know if this is real, but it was put out on April 1st. And if it's, if it's a joke, it's pretty effed up. It says the world's tallest flagpole is being proposed for Maine. <clears throat> and it's going to be higher than... Uh... <laughs> it's going to cost a billion dollars. And they're putting it up to 1776 feet high. Take that. My British friends. Uh, yeah, if that's true, that's going to be pretty funny. Uh, we should get a camera on that thing and have it out there. But if it's if it's uh, if it's not true, terrible April Fool joke. Let's memorialize people that are already depressed as shit. I mean, uh, memorialize the dead and the people that are depressed about them. April Fools. Ah, folks, moving on away from that talk about the uh, aging, degreed scientist and the and the um. And now let's keep going on with the article. Sorry. It's not unusual to hear different versions of the same event that happened in this place over, over the stadium. Um, Inter fans are convinced their team deserved a penalty after Ronaldo was mugged by Mark Lunio during a highly contentious clash in 1998. What is happening here? That's what this is talking about? I don't know what's going on. I'm going to skip ahead. This is all about the, the the match. They got in a fight during the match or whatever, and then later on he mugged them in 1998. Great. There are always two sides to the story, but those in attendance swear on their grave that this wasn't mass hysteria or migrating spiders in not so whatsoever. They are convinced that they were visitor uh, they were visitors from outer space. I know about migrating spider hypothesis. It's pure nonsense," said Roberto Faniti. Who is the president of the Italian UFO Center? It's an old and stupid story. I mean, in some aspects, there are very mysterious things. Like, what do I say? All the strange drinking all the time. Just like medication, just like a lot of things. There are and, and symptoms from from uh, from disease and things like that. There are so many things in the paranormal you know, with using psychedelics and other things like that that make it seem like it's like the exact same alleged exact same experience. I mean, people claim. If you read a lot of abductions, people claim they get frozen, abducted, worked on in a hospital by you know people looking over you, whatever. And there are people that take DMT and have or other psychedelics have that same experience. Is it the same thing? I have no clue. I would guess not, but is it the same thing? Uh, you know, you can have symptoms for one thing and you get diagnosed for it and treated for it, and it turns out your symptoms don't go away because the symptoms are the exact same as something else, maybe even worse. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Maybe they missed their chance to help you because they they missed it. You know, the, that jumping, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that there there is that constant under, that constant overlap of, of things that could be a prosaic answer. And and maybe that's part of the game. I don't know. But uh, I also think, to, to speculate maybe, that they weren't dumping something out for no reason. They weren't emptying their robotic poop tanks, if you will. Maybe everyone there uh, breathed something in. <clears throat> maybe everyone there has something in their skin and they don't know about it. Maybe, well, maybe they probably know if they went to a metal detector. Maybe everyone there needs to have their noggin checked by Gary Nolan. I don't know. I feel like there's probably not... There's probably... Uh, it, I mean, I, I don't... I can't think of... A, you know, of course, it's not my job to think of what aliens would do. But to me, I don't think things necessarily happen uh for no reason whatsoever there seems to be um a reason and and there seems to be a cause you know uh yeah anyways but uh <laughs> thank you everyone for being here uh <laughs> jeff white Bear kings but this is strange recon podcast I don't. I can't think of a reason why aliens would dump out silvery, silvery wire stuff all over people's heads. But I don't know. Maybe you can. If you like the show, please hook me up with a like and subscribe. Sorry for the slow start today. Um, and if you listen on the audio side, remember Spotify has a five-star review system. And please do not email me about how you're upset that I have to remind you about giving a like and subscribe. You pay Netflix and stuff, and you watch like one show on there. Please, if you're gonna sing or hang around with me, do me a favor. Hook up with a comment below. I, I can't believe the people that have literally emailed me be like, dude, we get it. You need likes and subscribes. Stop talking about it. I'm like, I have to. They literally made the system that way. I, I have to beg you for likes and subscribes because the show does eh, whatever. Anyways, it's awful. I'm gonna take a quick break, come right back and finish a story about the, the UFO stuff and then maybe a, a look at the material they had, whatever happened to the dang material uh, that they they, they, they they got samples of. Because there are also cases in the United States, if you've actually listened to the Jan Aldridge episodes, Jan Aldridge talked about a case from Blue Book, I believe, that made it, is it from Blue Book? That made it, oh, it might, it might have been skipped, but uh, I think it was Virginia, where, uh, yeah, things spewing out the substances. It's happened in multiple places. I think it happened in, in, in maybe in France as well. Um, like a silk-like substance. Of course, you've heard of the alleged... Um, um, what was the island in the, oh my god, Sh not Sh is it Shag Island? In the Puget Sound, is it Puget Sound or the Pacific Northwest, I think it is, uh, where where the stuff is raining down that, uh, uh, you know, metal material, like slag-like material. Um, you know, honestly, at the same time, too, I, I mean, uh, let's be real. If the, if the average human today was able to get in an aircraft and say, go fly to a planet where the beings are much primitive more than them where they dump out their black water tanks on the heads of some people down below them i mean have you seen the way we people treat you know like wild animals i don't know folks it sounds ridiculous but i uh 
Why would an why would a UFO fly over your head and dump out silvery wiry string everywhere and have it dissolve and stuff and and even have people eat it? I said it wasn't spider webs. Yeah, we're gonna get into that in a second. Let me get this little thing going here. Play some music from um, from uh, Redstone Sparta, and we'll move on. Uh, audio listeners, thank you for being here, folks. I appreciate it. Sorry I can't see your names in the chat. I don't know why that doesn't do that. One day, maybe uh, Spreaker will know what they're doing. Let's get this going here. I'll be right back.
OG Patreon from the show. Thank you, buddy. Anyways, everyone, where we left off, we were talking about Italian UFOs and how, uh, Mama, I saw it, the flying sauce. No, that was the word. I, I apologize. That was, that was almost video game racist right there. No, uh, but seriously, there were some, you know, the ballooning spider thing is obnoxious because the samples I was telling you about, there are samples of this stuff that was saved from the case. In fact, uh, audio listeners, I apologize once again, but you are left in the dust for the video people. Here we go. Share screen. Look, here's an actual photograph of the original samples. And inside of these things, inside of these samples, they found out, well, there was a lot of crap in there that is definitely not in spider webs. Uh, so then there had to be another way to debunk the case. The spider web thing is still used today. Quite literally, you will hear the spider web uh, explanation all the time. Anytime there is a silvery, milky, milkish, whitish, webbish like substance that rains down from the sky when people see a UFO, although it doesn't happen every day, of course it has happened enough that it's we can put a we can kind of string them together, um, that it gets instantly put down to possible spider. It must be spider webs. These stuff, this stuff has been collected, sampled, sent away. I remember during Project Blue Book, they sent these samples off to Patel. Remember? Battelle Institute, uh, National Lab, rather, they uh, in Ohio, they a lot of this stuff got sent right over there to, to test the material and to find out right away um, that hey, it was a lot more, uh, it, was, it was actually more mysterious than we than we recognized. I mean, or than they recognized, they did not expect a lot of these things. Now, a lot of people don't like to when they stick to the nuts and bolts stories. They don't necessarily like to um, talk about that because uh, they Battelle did say sometimes like they were they didn't understand how the heck they could have done the things they did with the organic material what did the people make a hoax where they they literally showed up a week earlier and ripped up all the ground from a palmetto palm grove area outside of you know uh palm springs florida and then they <laughs> used some sort of fusion to to encase the roots in this weird growth death Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply feet they did and then plant them all back there to make it indistinguishable from the investigators or oh, they must have been in on it too the cops were in on it too 
and then uh, and then tricked the scientist of Patel, this Boy Scout master. Of course, you don't ever hear that side of it. You just hear the more ridiculous side. You hear the side that he's over there kung fu fighting aliens and stuff. But um, so the the samples of uh, angel hair, quote unquote, left by the UFOs. Although I still don't know why they have that goddamn name, unless of course they came off of one of those white beings. Uh, was there was test done in 1954 citing? Uh, sorry, I'm missing one. Was it? Where's the part here? It was like boron and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Luckily for them, there's a big problem with the spider theory. This is, by the way, this is from GeoSoc Blogspot Geology uh, from from Geothermal Energy to 1954 Wave UFO Explanation Question Mark. Um, lucky for them, the spider silk does not contain boron, silicon, magnesium, or calcium. Um, it's not spider silk at all. In fact, boron is used in insecticides and can be poisonous to spiders. Boron, silicon, and magnesium, calcium, it all sounds a bit mineral, doesn't it? So they looked at the area. What was the what was in the area? A place that was famous throughout Roman culture, Roman history right there, uh, because that's where the Roman soldiers would go to the hot springs. It's where one of the first uh, steam-powered systems was put in place in, in the area. So the idea was that now... There is all types of crap building up in the ground, like asbestos and everything, natural asbestos. Tremolite asbestos, and in doing so, the steam rolls it around like a big cigar shape, and somehow a place it finds a place to seep out in a perfect cigar shape, and then rock it off over the horizon and freeze in place over a football stadium, floating! Elements that come together floating now! It's flown off over the stadium, stopped, performed this miracle. By the way, multiple people at the stadium reported to this. Two things that once they turned upright, they could see that they were more egg-shaped than they were uh, disc, and they performed all types of weird maneuvers in the sky and flipping all around and stuff. And then they flew up over the horizon. Two days earlier, people on a hillside collecting or foraging sees two UFOs cigar-shaped like a Cuban cigar they described it fly over the horizon over their heads. It was white. Like a rocket, like a ghost rocket, if you're familiar enough with the field, ghost rockets. Um, but, so, they actually have done, these sightings have happened in the era of science. This isn't something necessarily some, some you know, uh, you know, 17th or 16th century lord, even then, there was science then, uh, you know, that, that sees something with his men on watch uh, at a castle, like we've read on the show in the past. This is at a time where they can collect samples of something. They can have their peers review those samples to confirm that they're not getting these weird readings. And we can put an end to the stupid ballooning spider talk. And yet it keeps coming back around. I literally was just reading someone saying ballooning spiders are constantly being confused with UFOs even still today. Who is confusing? I understand people take videos of the Goodyear blimp and get confused. I get it. I get it. But who is doing investigations into these things that has any credibility that is coming back saying ballooning spiders tricked 10,000 people into thinking that there was some sort of aeronautical display happening of some sort of futuristic aircraft that they literally conf- they thought it must have been alien because there's no way humans have this crap you know we're on a farm i was thank you for that i literally was just having a thought like thoughts in my head about i said 
Well, wh why why wouldn't we at least consider the idea of what would happen to an aircraft that does run off of novel fuel system for propellants and goes over a thermal vent and it gets rid of the shit it doesn't need. It doesn't need the boron. It doesn't need any of the other stuff, the silicon stuff. So it shoots it all out. It needed other shit. And so it drops that on the ground. Or maybe it needed more of the magnesium than everything else. So that's what it, residuals of that left. But Jack, um, you know, I know the man, Jack uh, Sliwa there. I, I, um, I asked him to be on the show. And, um, and he said he kind of wanted to take a break from UFOs. Of course, I'm sure he's just talking about <laughs> this show. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to talk to him a couple of years, a year ago, about something he said somewhere about the Hesselden lights. Hes Hesselden lights. Am I saying that right? Because, um, you know, it was just something from philosophy of science that I was thinking about at the time when I heard his explanation of it. And I thought, well, yeah, what you're explaining is from the from the uh, from the visual side of it, but what you're not, what people are not providing is from the what caused this effect. You're talking about what we're what we're seeing. Fine, you explain to us how that is happening so it can be replicated. And we, we've got a way to produce plasma balls that can do whatever we want, you know, split into multiple pieces and can go anywhere and whatever. And, he, and he's claiming it's hap happening under a natural process. I, I, that to me was, I was like, dude, even if it, okay, I, it could be natural. I agree. Fine. But I, if you cannot at least provide a lick of what's actually taking place under the soil that's doing that, but you're going to say that's a common thing that can happen in geomagnetic areas that have all this, they're very active and blah, blah, and like, it, it, but it doesn't explain, it, it's not, it's not quite literally explaining why that is happening. You're just, it, it's just like geological mumbo jumbo, if you will. I don't know. Um, but anyways, I, I still think that he has a great idea about those craft because I forgot that he did the Italian one. I should probably try to get him back on to see if he'll come on this time. I'll just say I'm on the UnX network and not, I don't have my own show. <laughs> um, anyways, but yeah, J um, Jack, um, Jack seems to have, he seems to be frustrated, but he seems to have a good idea something very interesting and new. Cause I love new ideas, whether they be prosaic or not. I like the idea of, of like slag. Like I said this to Chase back on the show, right on the show, like a, a year ago, I was like, listen, I was like, oh, well, how do we even freaking know the slag that's being dropped from these crafts or whatever, or the visual that we see of a physical craft is not the, basically the residual, the results rather of, of buildup on the exterior of the, of the, of the hull. We have these massive heat shield sculpt space planes now. I mean, my guess is that probably they're not using the same technology as us, but if they were, maybe their hulls just in case um uh do have the ability to take run for like that heat force like that you know and transforms it into this slag like substance that it shells itself off when it gets here or it gets it gets rid of it out of its system or moves or like jack is saying it simply is um doing some sort of electro spinning the gunk that is collected on the surface of the craft because let's like i just said in my own little stupid idea is that if you're hanging out anywhere in a place that is dumping the stuff into the atmosphere human beings don't see it but scientists have tested for it just like you don't see brake dust in the air but guess what you can go like a hundred miles offshore anywhere in this country and you're still breathing in brake dust brake dust from cars you're breathing in metal all the time they literally you don't see it but it's there so maybe he's jacked right maybe the aircraft is that in fact doing that i don't know um but uh, let's let's move it along from the Italian case. But uh, it's not 
they're stretching so and and it is it is feasible what they're saying in that scenario but think about it they're saying that a thermal vent that contains all those things is slowly spinning its own web of of elements to the point where it actually creates a cylindrical object a cigar shaped object that jettisons out of the thermal vent eventually and finds its way into the into the atmosphere uh being the steam of course being a major part of why it's up there and then this display before it dissipates into the air and it seems like it took off over the horizon man i gotta tell you just like the neurological psychological side of this whole industry i I, you know the, the explanations are so ridiculously weak that i'm like man if this is what an intellectual came up with i could have came up with this smoking a joint don't do drugs strange recon does not suggest that you do you uh you consume uh, alcohol or drugs if you're underage or of course if you're in a place where they're illegal again this is not a show that suggests you do alcohol or drugs youtube go to a country where it's legal i hate drugs in fact i always say no anyways folks um let's move it right along here anyways folks anyways jealous um yeah so if you got information on the on the uh 1954 uh ufo flap over italy and things like that you want to add to the table maybe some stuff from jack uh that'd be great or maybe you even have better results or more, more modern results from those those samples but um i believe the ones from virginia were never returned to the farmer um there are a couple of nice photographs from Roberto Paniti and um, of the actual material up close to show that it had a very strange. It was like fiber. It was like hair. It was it was a strange stuff. And uh, I can show you that right here real fast. Just this quick up close photo of the stuff out of the jars, and that is right up here. You can see there. This is a BBC article. It's got the pictures, but uh, you know this guy is showing here. This is an Archivo photo. Archivo photo. Loco Ferenzi. Yeah. That one looks far more rigid and almost uh, like you would expect a mineral or something to be. Uh, or, uh, you know, locking itself in place in a pattern. And, of course, this looks far more fibrous, like a mater- like an organic material. But, of course, they did test on it and they found that it is... Yeah, it's natural, all right, but it's, it was strange that it was, it was spewing it out. <clears throat> was there angel hair at Fatima? Or were you saying Fatima 2 as in, like, the second movie around? Fatima 2, she returns. It's been a long time since I've seen those kids. Oh, my God, you're 100 years old. Sorry. Fatima 2 in theaters near you. How about we move it right along here? And since people would love to think that ufology and weird patents and things like that um, are all a new thing, there is a long, strange history of UFO flying saucer patents out there. Of course, a lot of which are just under the helicopter patent and and not really the flying saucer or or the breakthrough technology that we expect. But if you had seen it flying at the time, boy, oh boy, uh, would you... um, would you think it was exotic and awesome? But there is a long history, and there's an article from Atlas Obscura I'd like to read to you in a second here. Before we do, my name is Jeff Weisberg Kingsbury. You are listening to Strange Recon Podcast, Strange Recon Radio, whatever you call it nowadays. 
and of course strange recon is part of the unx family head on over to www.unxnetwork.com and click that live player you can download shows directly from the i didn't even recognize that i gotta fix the names of the shows i didn't realize people could download shows directly you can also download Strange Recon right from there. So if you'd like to listen to Jimmy Church and Christina Gomez or Whitley Strieber and so many more, um, uh, Micah Hanks and, and Ecker and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of people on there now. A lot. Of, uh, there's more. When I started with the NX Network just a few months ago, when they they first started up, there was a handful of shows, and now, for God's sakes, there the, the thing there's so many awesome perspectives. It is freaking crazy. If you haven't yet, please. Um, uh, Please uh, go over there and um, and uh, give it a listen. You're gonna you're gonna get your mind blown. Everything from Bigfoot, ghosts, psychic stuff, paranormal stuff, military stuff, um, contact modalities, consciousness, our ancient archaeology, our forbidden archaeology, if you will, things like that. If you're into that stuff, it's there, right there on the NX network. I promise. If you like Strange Recon, even in the slightest, remember, you know, of course, you're gonna hear opposing opinions to what you think. You will hear things that do not quite go with your theory. But having said that, you will at least help rid that idea as not being such a great one and maybe have a better rounded idea of what's going on yourself. All right, moving right along. Let's get the next one underway. We're just, uh, I'm just hanging out with you today. Thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. I'm going to take off in a little bit, though, because, uh, well, one, I'm not feeling so great, and two, I got plans today. Okay. Oh, by the way, ever since I did Fade to Black, a brand new Reddit account follows me every single day never posted anything before hour an hour maybe two hours old always with a strange name but i'm not i'm sorry if it's if it's you folks and it's regular people and you just decided to make a reddit account to follow me but i've been blocking each one i thought it was strange that after fade to black a new reddit account that's never posted before never liked commented or anything allegedly before no no interactions has been following me on strain on on my uh, reddit account now ever since it's like i'm like this this is this is weird as shit People that I don't recognize that have never interacted with a show ever before are now trying to friend me on Facebook, reaching out to me about about stuff. And yes, some of you are probably completely nice, awesome people, but I promise you right now that uh, that that is weird. If that is something to take note of, accounts on Reddit that have no interactions are one hour old continuously follow me ever since I did Fade to Black. Like quite literally the next day. That what is that stream? Sock puppet stuff? I don't know. I keep your eye out for that one. Um, yes, yes, yes. What else we got here? I hope everyone was paying attention the other day when I said NATO is investigating how Russian and Ukrainian drones have bypassed your defense air systems, the defense air systems that we've bolstered with our awesome innovations here out of the U.S. And guess what? They don't know how that the Russian and Turkish drones are making it through with no problem. Some of them aren't even that stealthy. Oh, let's see. I talked about my, uh, my, my, um, I should delete this post before people get mad at me. Deleted. Okay. Um, yeah. Last night, if you didn't hear me early in the show, I had that Fox interaction, um, which was pretty sweet. Have you ever seen a white Fox? I'm going to start looking for, uh, more native stuff about what the Wampanoag and stuff would say and what the Algonquins would say about these things. I know a lot of Plains natives called them, uh, Called them tricksters and stuff, but a lot of the ones out here said they were they're, they related to trying. You see one, it means you have to get back into your divine self. You have to get back to your natural, your spiritual self. Just quit doing so much stuff that is driving you to this more regimented life of 
of uh, of harsh harsh living. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But if you know more about the White Fox stuff, please reach out to me with weird. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply pagan slash crazy animal stuff yeah uh sorry going back to the chat here i apologize for not responding earlier um dr gonzo says wow someone tried tasting it pretty brave or stupid i guess yeah i read that a while i remember reading that originally and thinking Who the f- how hungry do you gotta be to stick some alien hair in your mouth uh well alien it's not actually alien hair but we know that but uh but how hungry how hungry you gotta stick stick boron silicon magnesium and uh and and asbestos in your freaking mouth what happened to that person jesus that um what they what they say it tasted of (laughs) paul asked paul wants to know what it tasted like well he wants to have a bite uh paul i i i think it probably tasted something like a cannoli Okay, folks, moving right along here, moving right along here. We're going to start wrapping up in a second before I read this Atlas Obscure article. Now, you all know that there's been a bunch of patents about flying saucers throughout the years, and, of course, um, the Navy's uh, newest patents in the interview we just saw with Salvador Pius um, should had should should have been kind of enlightening to some. I don't really know what I got out of it so much. People can't help but perform when they're on camera. He seemed like a good guy to me. He did. He almost he. Part of me deep down thinks that he absolutely was spoken to beforehand, um, directly, about. You know, just a reminder: these things within your security clearance are are are, are you shouldn't be addressed, and please, uh, please, um, you know, steer away from subjects like this. We, you know, nothing that can involve uh the work the ongoing work you're doing and things like that so we saw a little bit of that and um uh ultimately speaking sorry my neck is like broken oh my god ultimately speaking um it you know we didn't hear much about the patents why because he said he didn't file the patents he said he explained the effect thoroughly an old effect that he just noticed again 
something that has been discussed on this show a bunch of times uh, that seems to be this thing, this fight between between physics and quantum physics is that is that there's like this whole other side of the physics coin that we really never look at because we only look at physics from the way this this trail that we've led ourselves, you know, this this path of discovery. And so in doing so, because of that, he believes, and many other scientists that believe that there's a whole other side to particle physics we haven't even discovered yet. We can go to we can go to other worlds, other star systems. We can go right in our near-Earth orbit and start working on stuff. Obviously, we have. Obviously, they recognize right away what it's like to smash particles together on Earth and outside of Earth's atmosphere. There's different effects. There's a whole other side of the particle physics coin. He's claiming there is, and his effects lie within that other side of that coin. He said that he explained uh, passionately to the um the navy uh the navy tech guy there that um what it was you know what he had what he had discovered and he claimed to kurt that he didn't file the patents the navy did and 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 he claims that that the reason why the piles the 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 patents were filed and successful was was because of how at you know how much of an advocate he was over this effect and not as what we've known today through the let the the, the short little um, anecdotal or not, it's not anecdotal the short little um, discourse he had with people uh, a few years ago about the patents and it, where he claimed or where someone claimed that it resulted in a, in a demonstration uh, uh, for the patent office. Now I don't know. I know that people have flat out said that um, that oh he had to do this and had to do that with a patent. He had to file a patent. No, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, your name can even literally even be on stuff uh, that um, that uh, it's like there are multiple. Okay, I'm not gonna get into a fucking business lesson here, but you know, I don't. Who am I? But but literally from everything from leases to licenses to everything else that might find your name on the invention of something uh, or your name on the paper of something. Whereas in the invention may be filed in more the engineer side of the house or something like that. And so there, there are reasons to believe that. But can we not admit to ourselves that maybe, just maybe, he was absolutely told to say that? I mean, I'm not saying let's remove what he said. Like I said the other day, I want to go specifically off what he said. And there was only one part of the entire thing where I heard specifically... I think I even said bingo in the chat on Kurt's show because I was like, oh, here we go. Is that, you know, he he said he doesn't know what they've done. You know, he does not, he didn't have a physical craft to show them. That's what he's, you know, there's no, he didn't have the, the aircraft in his office. And they took it to the Navy and showed them. He claimed to wrote it on a chalkboard. And, I mean, on the dry erase board and showed the guy. And he was so adamant about it. They loved it. But this guy worked directly for that Naval Research or, uh, um, Department. So it's like, I... I don't know what to bring that. I said not to go too cryptic on it and see if he's lying, but I also keep in mind that, of course, he had to have understood the things he could not talk about. We are at the height of Chinese espionage. I mean, literally, they have never been better at stealing our stuff. Not our, it's, not the, it's, not, it's not necessarily even just the Navy. I've explained on the show, if you hire McDonald's to make you the next McDonald's jet fighter... And McDonald's digital security ain't so great, or they have a bunch of dirt bags working there that are willing to just take a buck and sell out your nation. Then you're gonna you're gonna lose gigs of data on your product. I mean, the the, the, the how many times have we read in 
science or engineering or the military tech, the thing, the headlines like this. The biggest missile that was never launched. The most expensive hypersonic jet that never flew. Like, like th- there's this thing like, oh, that's the end of it, I guess. Like espionage ended it or, or the, 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 the public's, the public's awareness of this thing ended it. I don't necessarily think that's true. Uh, not all the time. Um, when Pat, when Pius goes up there and says that stuff, I wonder if, you know, if he was so coat, I, I, I don't know. And there was that last little bit where Kurt said he thought the YouTube was off and it continued to go on for another like 30 seconds to a minute where you saw Pat Pius clearly loosen up. So clearly he was one way when the camera was off, he was told the camera was off and he was another way when the camera was on. If you can deny that, I, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or anything. I thought he was a very nice gentleman. He seemed like a guy that I actually like to hang out with, get to hear him talk about the stuff. He sounded like what he's very poetic about something he's passionate about. Um, but at the same time, you clearly saw a difference, right? Like, there was, I mean, to me that obviously is a sign that that just like everyone I've ever known in my life that a camera's put on them, they, they're different. So he's not different than that. He's a human. So he is capable of having two Salvador Pius is available one being the one that he thinks the camera is off and one with the one that he thinks the camera is on he understands fully that that is a show where tens of thousands of people are going to see it um but to allegedly now to go back and see some of the letters that's all we have I mean the the possibly resulting in a demonstration I don't know if any of that was true I don't know if any of that was true in the original claims of Salvador Pius I'll just say that I it does seem weird, though, that the Navy was able to fully file and and achieve patents on on products that, ultimately speaking, cannot be replicated by their words. They can be, according to Salvador Pius, that they they you know, I'm sorry, the bingo part was when he switched from that topic to to you know I haven't showed him anything to when I filed the patent I had to switch the words up because I'm patriotic. I mean, he said that. He said that during the interview. He said that the, and I said it right before the show that day. Literally, Strange Recon ended, and then we all went and watched the Salvador Pius episode on Kurt's thing. And what did I say during that episode? I said, you know, I've spoken to scientists now who claimed that either the words are dumbed down for the file, for the patent, or they've been reworded in a way to prevent espionage or someone copying your patent. Because what happens when you file a patent? Companies like WD-40, there are companies out there that refuse to submit a, a, a patent for their product after a hundred something years in service because they once they do they have to tell all their their competitors what exactly it is even though the competitors have been trying to reverse engineer it in different ways for years and they've almost come close they've created their own versions but it's never been exactly wd-40 maybe some of them have even been better you know but the point is is that that's why you don't file a patent because you have you tell your adversaries you tell your competitors your your uh propri- uh Proprietized product, uh, sole propriety over a product in a, in a modern world is extremely hard. It, it, you know, it's it's not stereotype uh, using a stereotype or being racist or anything. It used to be like a stereotypical joke, like walking down the streets of New York City. You know, like that a Chinese person would like could rip off literally any product they saw, anything. There's a $20,000 purse three inches behind that glass and they're seeing it on the street and the next day 
this man somehow got someone to show up with a bunch of knockoffs that were indistinguishable from the real thing and he sold hundreds of them you know to me that's pretty freaking impressive and they do that all the way from the purse level on the streets right there corona all the way to the secret area 51 style uh trial uh you know test sites that the that, that like we have over here and it's no joke it's it's um it's it's beyond um You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, folks. Um, but there, but that obscure Atlas Obscure article, real quick. I'm going to read that for taking off out of here. If you guys are interested, it's um, it's literally just a, an Ernie Smith article from tw from 2017 about the long, strange history of people filing flying saucer patents and uh, and things like that. So um, I'll just read the whole article, even though you're mostly aware of all this stuff, but. Uh, Uh, you all know, mostly, I'm sure, uh, that early in the summer of 1947, uh, Kenneth Arnold saw something in the sky and blew his mind. You know, despite the skies being clear, he had the, uh, despite the skies being clear, he had a series of, of flashes that he, he reported, of course, and he used the mountain ranges that they were flying between in the distance he was flying and compared them to that of birds that he's re recorded there before or seen there before. And how fast they were growing, upwards of like fifteen hundred miles an hour, roughly. And uh, he described them as as basically flattened spade-like objects. Um, the original, the original, of course, uh, document is right here in front of me. And uh, I'm just looking at the top of his description, but you know that you know you're all aware that the flying saucer thing did not come out of Kenneth Arnold. I'm sure Kenneth Arnold reported what he what he witnessed, and it looked a heck of a lot like the Roswell craft. It looked like a modification of the Horton Who, um, and all that stuff. But he, you know he did not. He never said flying saucer. I'm sure you guys all know that. I'm just saying shit, you know, just to work my way into this article here. But uh, here's the original. Um, you know. I have received lots of requests from people who told me to make a lot of wild guesses. I have, I have, what is that? I have what, what I've written here in this article on a positive F note and or for guessing what it was I observed. It is just such a mystery to me as it is to the rest of the world. Pilot's license three 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 four eight seven. I fly a what is that a Callier airplane? It is a three. Pro, I don't know what that word is. I can't. Can anyone else read this? I'm freaking blind. It's really hard. Anyways, look at his description of it. I mean, you know. He was on his way to an air show, and of course, he was also looking for a recent downed uh, uh, Air Force, uh, Army Air Forces. Um, um aircraft he was uh he there was a b-52 i believe that went down uh recently right outside of uh of um of uh mount rainier and all that area and so he was uh, out there looking on the way and sees these things and you know he claimed they flew in a more of like a arcing pattern and every time they did they kind of went faster and faster around like that and and so 
<clears throat> he was he and another few uh, people from the Army Air Forces and a, and a scientist and others start working on a book and do a little investigation, and he became very popular in the subject. But the point is that these things have been around for a long time. The flying saucer, though, <clears throat> there's been a bunch of weird, strange things like that in the past that are, that were uh, that were they're patented and it didn't really make any sense. But anyways, I'm just gonna I'm sorry I'm, I'm I feel like death. Um, two weeks later, after the thing, a much more famous incident in Roswell, New Mexico, involving a weather balloon, if you believe what the government tells you, further cemented the idea of the flying saucers in the public consciousness. Not long after, hobbyists of all kinds suddenly felt inspired to make their own. They've been flooding the patent office globally ever since. But the guy who got the U.S. patent office first, surprisingly, wasn't actually inspired by the popular perception of the UFO at all. He had, in fact, years before Kenneth Arnold took this his fateful flight. The Dutch painter and sculptor artist Alexander Weigers, who grew up in the Dutch East Indies, now Indonesia, and spent most of his adult life in the U.S., was something of a 20th century Leonardo da Vinci. He had both an engineering and artistic background, and his work spanned sculpture, illustrations, photography, and many other fields. In 1927, he conceptualized a device that predicted the infusion infatuation with flying saucers uh, before they had even even had that name and as an engineer he did so with a practical eye towards the failings of the device he hoped to replace helicopters are vulnerable right the rotors are exposed that's been something that has been talked about since the, the inception of the thing um, <clears throat> he said in an interview to UPI in 1985 people were being killed in them during the 1920s they go down like a brick the saucer became the logical answer. His creativity was driven by a tragedy. In 1928, his wife died during childbirth, as did his son. The painful incident ended up pushing him closer to art, with the losses inspiring some of the most notable sculptures. A similar tragedy, the, cap the capture of his family, still in the Dutch East Indies by Japanese forces during World War II, pushed him in the early 1940s to complete his flying saucer project which he had first started in the 1920s. He called the Discopter. The idea was inspired not by spaceships or science fiction, but by a practical desire to create a vehicle that could be used to rescue people and incidents, not unlike the one that faced his family members. His, his frame of reference was his own prior work. He filed the patent in 1944, and the patent was granted the next year. A key message from the patent. To a helicopter, a craft constructed on the principles of my invention bears a superficial resemblance, and both types are sustained by at least one horizontal rotor. From this point on, however, all similarity between the two types of flying crafts ends. A craft embodying my invention is distinguished from a helicopter in that the rotor, or rotors, in my craft are enclosed within substantially vertical tunnels. The rotors, regarded as a whole, is main, main shaftless an external form of the craft is not very different from the familiar discus of the athlete. In common with which the craft enjoys certain aerodynamic advantages, characteristics of the passage of the discus through the air. Not only the rotors and power plant compartments, but all of the unusual and usual moving and fixed components parts presents in both airplanes and helicopters such as stabilizing and direct means and otherwise are entirely enclosed within this, the striking, simple, cleanly, streamlined contour lines of the craft when regarded from extra, exteriorly, veer off, veer off and, and elev any elevation view 
thereby concealing from the casual view such parts. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, basically an aircraft with all the shit enclosed on the inside. No, it's no new. Like we've seen a lot of drones like that today. Why? Because you don't want flap. You want flapless flight. You want everything on the inside. You don't want to be able to see any mechanisms or anything like that. This guy had it way back then, which makes you wonder. You know, it, you know the National Secrets Act. What they might have thought about that, and what they would have used it for, um, what they would have tried to do with it, and um, you know, novel crafts. Just because you see the mil, this is something that people got to get over. Just because you see the military flying around with raptors and super hornets and stuff doesn't mean they do not make novel aircraft novel aircraft serve specific missions that you don't necessarily think of because they're not global enough that they ever make it to the point where the cia is like hey you know what you know we'd like to tell everyone we've been doing this way like literally flying something up real quick and grabbing onto an enemy satellite and ripping it out of space and flying back down. We don't know if they created something like that, but if there's a novel mission that requires something like that to happen, you know, they're never going to tell you about it. You're not going to know about it. You're not going to see a breadcrumb trail. You're not going to see any of this, this idea that, well, why do we keep making it jets then if we have this stuff? That's, it doesn't work that way. That, that, that's money making. There's a reason why Nancy Pelosi invested with her son 400k into Lockheed Martin like a year before Germany started buying all these jets from Lockheed. It's called backdoor scumbag political deals. That is it. Do you think we'd all still be going around with, a, with you know with combustion engines or something if there wasn't some sort of backdoor deal that constantly held these these politicians in place, making these votes, making these rights? Say it's. it's Heck, even stuff I like uses backdoor deals, if you will, in the form of super PACs. But anyways, Alexander Wagers, uh, Wagers wasn't trying to invent the flying saucer. He was trying to reinvent the helicopter along with aviation in general so that it could be more practical and safer. Um, he uh, never finished his build, allegedly. But the existence of everything that came afterwards meant that his name would forever be associated with futurism and science fiction elements that didn't actually inspire his invention. He did it way before all these things, allegedly. Technically speaking, comic books did it before him, that's for sure. And I'm sure sci-fi writers in general were already doing that. Soon after the flying saucers hit the public consciousness in the late 1940s, people noticed that Wagers had noticed what Wagers had done. In a 1950 article in the Allentown, Pennsylvania Morning Call dedicated column space to a dentist named Dr. Harold T. Frent, who used the existence of the patent to argue against the existence of aliens. Frent suggested that the patent was being used to create these flying saucers, despite his only evidence being Wager's patent. I mean, it's understandable, though, Mr. Frent, the absence of evidence doesn't equal the evidence of absence. It certainly does lend to the fact that things are happening. I mean, literally, the government buys titanium. We don't know what they're doing with it. Suddenly, 30 years later, they're flying around a t titanium craft. All the people that we said, you conspiracy whack job, they clearly are not doing weird flying saucer stuff with it. No, they didn't make a flying saucer. They made a spy plane. They can go goddamn to 90-something thousand feet. Yes, this guy is, is not being very safe with his prediction, but let's be fair. The only people we know about right now that are trying to do things that are indistinguishable from magic are, you know, the people with the big bucks in the defense department. And universities looking to get paid by the people with the big bucks in the defense department. They should be operated at high altitudes instead of exposing them for observation to the general public. And the pro-communisticality inclined and thereby simulated a trend of foolish speculation. The idea that UFOs were suddenly attached to people that were like hippies and stuff. And didn't want anyone to work on the atom bomb. Or didn't want anyone involved with communism later. 
Uh, so it, it fueled this nonsense of what we know today. Maybe that's what the guy's claiming. While Wagers was certainly first, the folks that followed him clearly were inspired by what happened in Washington, in New Mexico, back in 1947. Perhaps a little uh, touch of H.G. Wells in the mix, of course. As soon as the popular, as soon as was popular, sparked the inspiration that led, had us looking up in the sky and wondering what if the flying saucer is everywhere. It's been keeping patent offices around the world busy ever since. First, with a spate of flying, a spate, with a spat of flying saucer toys in the early 1950s and looked like frisbees and soon in the form of aircraft clearly inspired by flying saucers like the 1953 design in this helicopter hybrid flying design here. Aircraft lift propulsion system filed 1952. Here you go video watchers as uh, I share this with you real fast. One of many patents you can find right here on Google, of course, for alternative means. Um, you know, we're going to see birdcage. Like, I'm sure today, instead of having propellers, or you could have propellers encased in the inside as well, but what you do is you encase this in a balloon, and you also make these uh, um, light pulled magnets facing each other. No, I don't know. As you see, 1952, blah, blah, blah. One after another, there's hundreds of them. Patent after patent after patent for alternative means of propulsion. Of course, even Avi Loeb created his own alternative means of propulsion and submitted it, and Edward Teller loved it. Take that for what it's worth. <clears throat> um, yes, but buried buried in the USPTO's ma uh, mainly classifications of for airplanes and helicopters in the indexing code B64C39 forward slash 001 which represents flying vehicle characterized by sustainment without aerodynamic lift. Let's copy that one together, folks, just in case we forget and put it right there in the chat for you. That is a patent category for aircraft that are novel. Might want to hold on to that if you want to look into it later on. Many of the shapes within those things are going to make you notice right away, hey, that's a UFO shape, that's a flying dish shape. The USPTO got so many patents application for flying saucers that it earned their own classification. So how many flying saucer patents are we talking about here? Huh? According to Google patents, around 192 items in this specific classification are being listed as being pr produced in the U.S. with three particular surges in their creation. Initial jump in the years between 1953 and 1956 a second win between 1965 and 1971, and an unusual dramatic surge in such inventions between the years 2001 and 2004. The most particularly busy time for this invention, the most dramatic surge was from 2001 to 2004. There's a lot to look at in its entirety, possible due to the complexity of the patent system. This doesn't cover everything. Fortunately, someone with a pseudonym and apparently a large amount of time already did a huge amount of curation for you. Earlier this year, an Internet Archive user named Superboy collected more than 100 flying saucer patent filings spanning for the past 75 years and so uh, took it over three months to gather the documents from the U.S. Patent Office and others globally and split up over two pages Right here, sending it to you right meow. 
Um, I've been looking at these for a while now. I, get, I have a little audio playlist I've been playing on the audio side once in a while, and it's pretty sweet. Right there in the chat, everyone on the YouTube side, you will see those are the patents. Now, as well, that same website holds some of the best audio recordings and interviews from the uh, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Some of them are downright impossible to understand. You're literally sitting there like a code breaker, like, what the F is he saying? But others are crystal clear, and they're, and they're quite frankly, some of the best first-hand witness encounters you can hear. They're not inspired by decades and decades of media. These people are different time. That's why when people say we don't need the past, we need to move on, all this stuff, I just like, dude, get the F out of here. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, th there's a ton of really awesome patents in there. Go look at it. It's pretty strange stuff. Sorry, audio listeners. If you'd like to see the patent, I'll put it in the description. Uh, the patent office, I'll put it in the description of the show today. How about that, huh? What a guy. Uh, let's see here. Audio side chat. It's for the audio side. I can't even, pa I can't paste. Boom. Put it in the audio side chat there if you'd like to see. Okay, folks, here we go. Moving on in, moving on in the attic. Attic kill. Early this year, the internet is super white collected all those. And some of the patents look like a massive frisbee, others like a tiny squat. What the hell is that? Planets and others still look like they're taking clear inspiration from movies set in space. And of course, Jaeger's groundbreaking craft made the list too. Those patents were credited to individuals with a handful of companies involved. They weren't just people that were creating nonsense. They were actually people filing for patents on objects that that they thought would be novel, weird, and great. Now, not all of them, of course, are the flying saucers we want to say. Some of them have very basic stuff. Some of them are literally flying saucer cars. But uh, but you will see that they're in that listing. You'll see a bunch of stuff that, ultimately speaking, if you had enough money, could get you a pretty sweet ride. Now, like, take a sailor's word for it. I can sail into basically any country I want right now, and only a handful of countries will send a boat out to greet me in the harbor or make me quarantine or anything like that. Maybe now is a little bit different because of actual quarantines. But when you're wealthy and you have an aircraft, you're, ch you're checking into the country when you land there. This is so-and-so coming on a, on a flight schedule, blah, 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 just like me. I can literally go sailing right now to a country in Africa, and it's my job to go get myself and checked into the country but if i wanted to i could go be a crazy person and go hide and go see how long i can be there illegally if you've got money if you have money and you have a freaking novel awesome exotic aircraft you could do whatever the hell you want you are the break off civilization you know these things have been in the thought process of people with money for so long all the way back to the airship phenomenon the weirdest such applications though eventually withdrawn came from a man named john quincy St. Clair, people have been wondering about St. Clair for years. During the 2000s, he filed for a dozen of patents, all sorts of bizarre things. It should be noted that filing for a patent isn't cheap, um, and even if it's withdrawn. Uh, among his greatest hits, a magnetic vortex wormhole generator and a walking-through-walls training system. <laughs> what? Here's the walking through walls training system, folks, for all you people that are interested in the audio chat. Hey, remember me? I had an experience with a person walked through a wall right in front of us and scared the shit out of like eight of us. Uh, maybe he had, maybe he had used that patent. There you go, audio listeners. I just posted it there for you as well. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Moving right along here, folks. I actually got to run. It's been too long for me. I'm over time, and I had to go a while ago. But 
I'll put the article for Atlas Obscura here. It's a great article. I want to keep reading. But you can see that just because you have not taken time out of your day to see if anyone's been filing strange new novel propulsions or things that run off of uh, exotic propellants and novel propellants and things like that aren't happening. They're happening all the time. Some of them have no moving parts. No moving parts in an aircraft. That's the dream of an engineer. A system that runs with no moving parts. We just talk about it like it's nothing. We literally, we don't even discuss it. We're like, oh, well, it can barely get, it can barely move. The best they can do is make a glider. So eh. everyone knows there's no way to magnify the effect of, of something. We can't, we can't figure out a way to supercharge magnets and do other things. It's, uh, yeah, we don't know. It's as the YouTube video. If YouTube doesn't have it, it ain't real. Here's the Atlas Obscure article if you'd like to keep reading, but I do have to take off. I'm sorry, folks. I love you all. Thank you for being here. Sorry for the lazy show today. Um, I just uh, I had a little bit of time and figured I'd throw some at you. Thank you very much for spending time with me. If you like the show, please do me a favor. Hook me up with a like and subscribe. Remember, you can support the show uh, by heading over to Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash strange recon or paypal.me forward slash strange recon and give as little as $5 a month or whatever you want. I appreciate it so much. Of course, it comes with benefits. I thank you. Have a good day. Peace and love. Keep it weird. I'll be back on probably uh, um, probably late tonight. Um, sorry about that. But I know it was a lazy episode. I was just trying to throw something together for you guys because I felt like crap and I just wanted to get something out there. And, but I uh, didn't want to leave you hanging. I know a lot of people uh, like to hang out, like to talk anti-gravity, like to talk some psychedelics, military stuff, UFO encounters, weird, paranormal stuff in general. Keep it weird, my weirdos. You're the reason why I do this. I am 100% here for you. I, I, I honestly, God, I have no interest in, you know, being self, uh, just telling myself things over and over again. So I appreciate you spending time with me and discussing me, giving me good, good leads and tips and all that good stuff. All right, everyone, keep it weird. Keep your third eye peeled and strange recon for life. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.